Hey everybody, I'm John Gould. And I'm Nagin Muscati, and this is This Real Estate Life, the official podcast of the Baird and Warner Lincoln Park office. We have so many amazing real estate agents in our office, each with their own unique gifts and personalities, and we really just wanted to create a podcast where you can celebrate those individuals and learn a little bit about real estate along the way. Yeah, so whether you're a real estate agent yourself or just curious to learn more about what we do every day, this is the podcast for you. So thanks for joining us and we hope you love the journey. Woohoo! Welcome to This Real Estate Life, the Baird & Warner Lincoln Park podcast where we highlight and showcase the different gifts and talents our agents have. Today's guest is Jackie Lafferty. Woo! <laughs> Yes, Jackie Lafferty, thank you so much for being here with us today. We know you are a very busy agent and we really appreciate you taking out the time. Um, we always like to start these off talking a little bit about our guests and, you know, John, I guess I've moved my desk now, but I used to sit over by, by you and it was just always such a joy. You always have a smile on your face. You're always there just kind of like brightening up the mood uh, in that section of the office. And I know that's something that your clients appreciate too. Um, you've been doing this for- you've been doing it for a really long time as well, right? Like over 17 years in real estate and lifelong mm -hmm. resident of Chicago. So you certainly know the city. I do. Um, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of repeat clients in business, which I think is the ultimate compliment in real estate, right? Because if you're getting those repeat clients and getting the referrals, it means you're doing a fantastic job, um, which also just like streams throughout all of your testimonials. People absolutely love working with you and we absolutely love having you in our office. So thank you so much for being here today, Jackie. Well, thank you for having me. I just asked Nagina a follow-up question. Yeah. If you love Jackie so much, why did you leave our section? Our section. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there are other people, one in particular that sits across from Jackie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just oh, wanted no. a little change of scenery. No, it's a, a, definitely a fun section over there, but uh, I don't have a good answer. It, is, it is quite lively. It's the best, <laughs> the best section in the office. But I think it, it also kind of like highlights what's special about the office though, too. Like people here are friends, right? Like you have your friends here too, Jackie. And like, you know that you can come in here and you know, no matter what's happening out there in the real estate world. And sometimes these days just get long and hard and, and tough and COVID, you know, made it even more challenging and you have kids and now you have to worry about what am I going to do with them? Like, it's nice to have a place you can come to and know that there's a familiar face and someone you can kind of talk to. There's always a hey. win. Not always John Irwin. No, <laughs> no it, is, it is great to always have people to come and talk to, not just about real estate, but because we're kind of close knit as even the whole office, um, I feel like has that sense of community um, that you can talk to people about different things or, you know, if you have questions about things, uh, doesn't matter how long you're in real estate. Um, you're always going to have questions. You're not always going to know the answer. Yeah. So. <laughs> that is so true. Like no two transactions are the same. And I feel like you learn something from every single one that you didn't know before. Exactly. Yep. I agree. Jackie, do you, we, we always love to learn our guests background and what they mm -hmm. did prior to real estate and what made them want to get into, into real estate and get their license in the first place. So what did you do before you got into this career and, and why did you make the shift? Um, so I managed a medical practice at Northwestern for about really? 12 years. I did. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, 
And then I had Amanda, my oldest daughter, um, and it just didn't fit working six days a week. Um, I thought that it would be a better fit to have a flexible schedule. Little did I know, it's not very flexible. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, um, it it can be flexible. So it it was good for those um, years when she was really young. Um, and that's how I got into it. I, I thought long and hard about what I wanted to do for the next step. I wasn't in sales. So um, at first I thought maybe it wouldn't be a good transition, but I was negotiating contracts. So that was a good portion of what we do um, and marketing the, the um, offices as well. So that's that was so a good crossover. I yeah. love that. Yeah, and I think the flexibility in schedules is one of the things that, it's not a myth of real estate, but like you have the control over when you work, but sometimes, especially like in the market right now, things move so quickly. You kind of have to be ready to go when your clients say go. Exactly. Exactly. So that's when it comes into play to have a good set of backups, whether it be in the office to help you or when you're a parent to have somebody help you um, with your children. So you need a good network or a good you know, um, community out there on both sides to help with that. So, and I'm lucky I have both. So when you started as a real estate agent, um, was it, did you like go immediately from your, from the managing the medical practice to full-time real estate or were you doing a little bit of both for a while? No, I, I went full, you full into real estate, left that job. <laughs> <laughs> and went straight to real estate thinking it was part-time yeah and thinking I was going to do it part-time and it, that didn't happen but the good thing about it is if you know you have that schedule that is more flexible so say you're working in the office a couple of days a week you could still work from home right um, and you can work more on the weekends because a lot of our business is conducted on the weekends or evenings so it made it it made it easier to do the transition into it so how did you find, how did you grow your real estate business when you started it? Where did you find your uh, people? Well, at first, of course, I just asked everyone I knew. Yeah. Um, and that, that, those first three transactions were all from people that I knew. Mm-hmm. One was one of my friends and two were referrals from um, one from my sister um, and one from another friend. So those first three transactions in the first six months were key because it really kept me motivated and going and feeling like I could do it. Um, And then after that, some referrals came from within the office. Um, And I also was really fortunate to have a good mentor. And I think that's hugely important um, in the the whole space of things. Um, So that's how I kind of grew uh, my business because some of the things my mentor didn't want to do, she would just pass on to me. Um, you know, rentals or, or, you know, maybe a smaller transaction or something. Um, so I got passed on those things and it was really helpful. Did you find your mentor or did she find you or was it part of the office structure? Um, it wasn't really part of the office structure. It was um, more, I think I ended up, you know, working with her just because I um, covered a showing for her yeah. one time. And then um, my next transaction ended up being with her. So my buyer bought her listing and then we just started working together on things. 
So and she started helping me more with things, which was great. So for sure. So you never you you never were someone who got leads from open houses or anything. Um, I will be completely honest that um, I've gotten more leads for listings off of my open houses than from buyers. Really. Ooh. Yes. So I find that a lot of people um, come into open houses that are in the neighborhood. You know, you call the looky-loos. But a lot of times those people are looking for an agent. They're looking for somebody to, you know, how they would represent um, their property. Um, so that's that's another angle to look at that I think a lot of agents don't see. They just think, oh, I'm going to, you know, see if I can um, get a buyer from this. So, right. But when I first started, we did floor time which meant that you took any incoming phone calls about properties. We don't, I don't think there's that much of that anymore, um, but there was a lot. in our office, but I don't think we've gotten a floor call in the last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that was pretty prevalent then. And I picked up probably four or five buyers that way. So wow. floor calls were much easier to convert into clients yeah. than say somebody at an open house, yeah. I think there's a couple of things you said, Jackie, that are really important. You know, prospecting for listings is brilliant, right? Because listings bring you buyers. So like those are great leads to get. And it's so mm -hmm. great that you were able to pick those up from your open houses at your listings. Um, but I also want to go back to what you said initially about how you got your first few clients. You said that you, you know, just asked people, everybody that you knew, was that uncomfortable for you? Like as a brand new realtor with no experience, because this is something that I hear from new agents all the time. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to be salesy with the people I know. I don't want them to think that I'm not being genuine or authentic and they don't want to ask. Mm -hmm. So what was that like for you in the beginning? Cause you needed business, right? Right. Um, it was a little unnerving, but I just knew that since I had already left my other job, I had to do it. It was okay. kind of like, you know, you, you sink or swim. <laughs> so um asking them and and it wasn't really that hard once you start talking to people about it um I was already like really passionate about going to open houses before that myself um which was one reason why I went into this um and I had already you know bought and sold a few properties previously condos and such um mm. so I'd already I already knew the transaction side of it or at least thought I did um, you know, all of our buyers and sellers, or most of them think they know what they're doing. Um, and it's really a lot different once you are, you know, behind the scenes making everything happen. Um, so I, you know, I just asked them and, um, that's how I ended up. People are very supportive. You, you know, I think people would be surprised. They're very supportive of you when you make a change. So yeah, they care about you. Like these aren't strangers you were calling. They're people that you know. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I love that. I just had two questions and I just forgot them both. <laughs> so that's great. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Here's one. Here's one. So mm -hmm. you, so so you you started the real estate business for your family, um, so you could support them but be more flexible, like. Was there a point where you fell in love with the real estate business or did it just kind of happen over time? I think it happened over time. I mean, I, I have to say, I really enjoy looking at houses. Yeah. I love looking at different places. So that was already ingrained in me that, oh, I get to go look at houses all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so I still enjoy seeing all different types of properties. Um, but I think the biggest part of, I enjoy is 
helping my clients um, yeah. move, move, find their home that they're going to live in or, you know, selling their home so they can get to the next place in life. Um, I think that's really rewarding is helping people. So, yeah. And I guess that's like, a, that's a universal thing that we all want in whatever job we have is helping people. John, Ir John Irwin almost came in. <laughs> John Irwin really wants, well, he, you know He what? wants to help the he interview. Knows. He just stared me down too, he walked by. <laughs> he does say, for as hard of a time as we give him, he has said on many occasions, the Jackie, that he believes you, and he means it sincerely, to be one of the top agents in the whole city of Chicago. He does say wow. that for real. Wow, that's impressive. He really does say that. <laughs> But I think it's true, right? Like you always have this calm about you. And I think in this business, that's really important because we have to guide our clients through really challenging situations. Um, and you, ha you have to, I think, have that, that presence to be able to get people to, to hear you and kind of diffuse the situation. Have you found you know, that to be helpful, especially in the current market where it's just a little bit, quite frankly, out of control at times? It is, it is. It's really helpful to be able to stay calm mm -hmm. and then have some place to go vent. Afterwards, right. <laughs> because after you have to stay calm when people are acting poorly, <laughs> we'll say that way, sure. um, <laughs> poorly, um, you know, or trying to just get people to, to stay focused on what the big picture is. I think that's also another part of it. By staying calm, you, instead of people focusing on the small, like little things, you're like, but what's the big picture here? You know, right. how do we get you or how do we get this transaction moving way, you know, moving forward? Or how do we end the transaction if it's not the right transaction? Um, so instead of letting people get so worked up over it, it's better, always better to stay calm about it. Not always possible, but always better. <laughs> Yeah. And like you said, to have that ability or that place or that person, wherever you can go, like kind of like vent afterwards, because we're all only human. So you can only mm -hmm. stay calm for so long. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. What, what are some of the challenges in being a real estate agent and having a family? How do you balance? And I know you got into this business, so you could balance, but how do you balance your career, your family, and also yourself? How do you make sure you're not burnt out? That's a good question. Um, and sometimes I don't do a very good job of it. Um, sometimes I find myself just completely, in, you know, involved in work. Um, so I do have to conscientiously um, step back um, and make sure that I have time for my daughters, make sure I have time for myself. Um, at the same token, you have to kind of balance it with your client's expectations. So, um, or what's going on, like if something's urgent, you really can't put it off and say, oh, well, we'll put the offer in tomorrow because I'm doing something. Right. Um, so you have to, you have to find ways to balance that. Um, and I think also setting up clients' expectations of when you're going to call, you know, when there's nothing, you know, when it's just a normal business day, you know, certain hours that you take calls or don't take calls, um, you know, I think that helps a little bit too. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's, I mean, I guess it's a moving target, right? Like what you're able to give each part of your life is going to vary based off of your day to day. Right. Well, and I think you also have to like right now, the market's crazy. So, um, you know, I will spend almost every day working 
um, at least part of that day, if not, you know, all of the day. Um, but then there are portions of time where, you know, it's a little bit slower. And those are the times you really have to take advantage of spending more time with your family and also, you know, um, doing other aspects of your job or work. Um, but really appreciate, you know, the time that you do have your downtime. So, and then, which is hard to do because you start panicking. Cause you feel like you're not, if you're not doing something, you're not doing enough and like, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what, well, was, what do you do to unwind? What's your favorite hobby? I love cooking. Oh, well, then you better so. bring some pasta in. <laughs> <laughs> do, you have a um, no. do you have a specialty? Um, I have a couple different specialties. Um, every, most everyone in the office knows about my enchiladas. So I've stories. I've heard about these enchiladas. Yeah, with the mole sauce. So they're vegetarian. Um, and then I love making risotto. And I do most of the holidays. So to me, it's it's uh, therapeutic. Just to yeah. cook. Because you just yeah. like, and, and you're doing something to make other people happy as well. Right. And it's, you can singularly focus on cooking. You're not like trying to figure all kinds of stuff out. It's just like, you're exactly. cooking and that's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is nice. I love that. Do you, does it, is it still therapeutic on the days where you get home at like eight or nine o'clock at night from work? Or is it, are those when oh. you're just like, screw it, we're ordering them. <laughs> That's not therapeutic. No. Um, <laughs> sort of, I mean, well, I try to plan and have, um, like I'll make batches of things so that, you know, maybe in the freezer we'll have lasagna or soup or whatever. So, you know, I still made it, but you know, it's something that I, you know, can throw in the microwave real quick. I need to get, guys, I'm going to admit it. I order food for two meals a day, almost every day. Oh, it's really bad. <laughs> we have for lunch and then Steve and me almost always order in for dinner because we're both so tired. <laughs> I didn't really realize it's a problem, but I think it is. Well, I think just on the weekends, you need to like maybe make something large. Yeah, for that, sure. That you can like utilize later and, you know, the next week or whatever. That's my goal for 2021 is to get to rein it in a little bit. That's also my goal for you. Thanks, fam. Yeah, it's like it, get it down to one carryout meal a day, a day. Yeah, that's easy. Baby steps. Well, and I know you love to bake. I do love to bake. I actually haven't baked in a long time because, yeah, I need to start baking again. But I yeah. think that's not a meal. And <laughs> that's, that's not a meal. Just, Oh, a whole loaf of bread could be a loaf. <laughs> yeah, there are savory bakes out there, John. You could do for dinner, like Jackie said. Just like take an afternoon mm -hmm. on a Sunday or something and it's just a make a bunch of food. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Supporting <laughs> me. You got this. I hope so. Jackie, what do you think the key to setting yourself apart as an agent is, especially these days when right now. I believe that there are more agents than there are homes for sale. So oh, how do you... there might be more agents than homes yeah. for sale. I think you might be right. Yeah. Um, how do you set yourself apart in as, a, as an agent? Because there are tons of agents. So what's your, what's your value proposition you give? Um, well, I think because I'm so, so much of my business is referral based. Um, yeah. I think that just how I interact with my clients 
Mm -hmm. um, the way I work with them and, you know, I'm, I'm, I try to, you know, form a, a relationship with them, not just, oh, you're my buyer, you're my seller. Um, so I try to get to know them a little bit better because that also helps with the whole transaction. The more you get to know your client instead of treating them like a transaction, right. um, let's just get this sold, let's go on to the next one. Um, I think it's nice to, um, you know, have a, a nicer relationship with people, um, even, you know, being able to go and do things with them, even though it's been COVID and we can't do anything with anybody. Sure. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a challenging year because of that, because you can't go and, you know, go to dinner with your clients or lunch or, or do something like that. Um, you can't even drive around in the car with them. So it's made it very challenging. Um, but I think that I actually, you know, care about, you know, what happens to them and try to go to the next level of helping them make that next decision yeah. um, and getting them where they need to be. I think that's where um, my value is. And, and the fact that I know the city so well. So, yeah. yeah. Well, How did you nurture those relationships during COVID then, since so much of that was like taken out? Well, we started the Lolo thing. Mm -hmm. that helped a lot because my clients um, really felt that it was um, a nice thing to get them out of the house and go, you know, go and uh, gave them a reason to go and try something new. Right. Um, and at the same token, it helped a business in the neighborhood. Um, so that was actually, you know, a, a good way to do that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I also try to just keep in contact with people, um, reaching out to them um, mostly this year was, you know, either phone calls or, or emails, um, occasionally, you know, I would, you know, meet up with people, but in an outdoor situation. Um, so that's how I tried to nurture it this year. It was a little more challenging. Yeah. But we love Lolo. We do love Lolo. <laughs> <laughs> I love Lolo. Well, and I think, I think though, Jackie, you know, what you said too, about just trying to do a good job for all of your clients, like that's the best personal branding that there is out there, right? Just like making mm -hmm. sure that you're putting their needs above the transaction and, and taking care of them. And that's why you get to, you know, have a referral based business because you put, you put your, all of your clients, you know, first and they appreciate that. And that's why they send you all their friends and family too. Exactly. <laughs> Out, outside of COVID, like pre COVID, were, were there any um, special like parties or events or like any, any sort of marketing that you would do just stay in front of your database? Um, not necessarily, um, parties or events, um, you know, newsletter, which I still did. Um, but you know, it was occasionally I'd have people over for dinner or even like a mix of my clients over yeah. for dinner and stuff. So that was nice too. Yeah. Like little personal dinner parties. I love mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And I got to cook and it was, you know. Yeah, it ties it all together. It does. <laughs> what are your goals for your business for this year? And then what's your goals for your business in 10 years? And uh, then what's your goals for your business in 100 years? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, um, in this next year, um, I think it's just trying to stay on top of everything. Um, sure. it's been, it's been a crazy first 
you know, four months this year um, of transactions, transactions, you know, trying to find properties for clients. Um, so I think it's just trying to make sure that I can stay on top of everything for everybody, keep everybody moving in the direction they want. Um, you know, there are a lot more people out there deciding to, that they want to buy something. Um, but there's not a lot of inventory out yeah. there. So there's a lot more effort in finding people um, properties. And I think um, this year it's just about, um, you know, balancing that and my, my um, you know, my own life with that as well. Um, but I think in finding, um, finding that it just creates, you know, more referral base too. Um, so I keep getting more referrals that way. Um, in the next 10 years, well, hopefully I'll, you know, still be doing the same thing I'm doing right now. So <laughs> I don't see it changing much. Yeah. Um, because this is how I've always operated. So, and I'm comfortable with this, you know, even with, um, all the technology out there in the world, um, I, it's still a personal um, transaction for people. Sure. And, and I think that, you know, being able to help people on, and they feel connection with somebody who's helping them, um, you can't really get that from an online site. Mm -mm. Um, yeah, and, and the online sites can't tell you you know, everything else that's going on in the transaction where when you're in a transaction with another realtor, um, we're able to talk to each other and work through um, issues right. where um, I don't think that would be the case so much. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously a lot has changed in the real estate business, but I think the, the, the core principle that like it's all about relationships and trusting someone with this huge purchase like that hasn't changed at all no and i don't think it will i know these these big companies are thinking oh we can just take over all the transactions and you know we don't need realtors anymore we can just do it all online you find your house you buy it right. um, i think people are even hesitant to do that with cars still yeah so why would they why would they do that with their house someplace they're gonna live yeah <laughs> I don't even like calling or like having to deal with a customer service for a company for like some sm small thing that I purchased and not being able mm -hmm. to talk to somebody in the phone. Yeah, like, sure. don't put me through the automated messaging system. Don't give me the message chat on your website. I hate it. I want to talk to a person. Mm -hmm. And that's for like a hundred dollar pan or a pair of shoes or something, not a house. Right. And, and not somebody, and you're not talking to somebody who knows you. Um, I mean, I think we're already seeing that in the lending um, genre where people are, are trying to get their loans online and they don't have a specific person to talk to. Right. Um, and I've seen a lot of those transactions blow up because there's nobody to talk to. They right. keep handing it to different people. Yeah. There's no accountability. No. Yeah, I think that's it, John, right? If you take the people out of it, you lose that accountability in a lot of ways. And to, to Jackie's point, the relationships that sometimes keep the deals together. Sometimes it's you calling the other agent or the lender that you're able to work something out. If that didn't exist, a lot more deals would fall apart. For mm -hmm. sure. Yep. Huh. Well, what are, I mean, on to the flip side of that, because the real estate will always be at some level the same. 
how have you seen the real estate world change in the last 17 years? <laughs> um, well, we have cell phones now. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when I started, everything was, we faxed everything. Everything, that we would write contracts by hand um, and fax them. And then a fax of a fax, of, you know, it was so, you couldn't read it, read it anymore. It was illegible. So um, that's made it so much easier, having computers to um, do everything. Um, so everything's legible and to get signatures. I mean, I remember going, driving downtown um, to get a signature on a contractor to pick up an earnest money check. Um, you know, I was driving all over the place doing those things. So um, It was crazy. And that's why to all you agents still having a hard time with dot loop while I understand your struggle, it's way better than the alternative. It is. And I embraced it fully right away. Didn't I? Yes, you did. <laughs> so, wow. it, it makes it so much easier than, than what we had to do before. Um, yeah. But on the flip side of that, there are also issues with more technology, like sure. in scheduling showings. Before you would call an agent, you'd get a yes or no. You might get their answering machine, but you'd get, yes, we can do that time or no, we can't do that time. Now mm -hmm. you're texting, you're scheduling online, you're sending an email or you're calling an agent. And right. then you're trying to figure out who you're, where you're following up or where you're getting a response. So it's made it very difficult to schedule yeah. appointments. I agree with you on that. <laughs> but there's some pros and some cons to yeah. technology. But at least you're spending a lot less on gas money. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's one real estate, actually let's put this into two questions. What is your best real estate transaction, your favorite, and what was one of your nightmare real estate transactions? Hmm. Oh, my favorite one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just find, yeah. so I find it, I think they're good, you know, when my clients are really happy that they actually, you know, got the house that they wanted. Um, maybe were multiple bid offers and they had actually ended up getting the house and, you know, just moving forward with their life. I don't know if I've had like a favorite transaction. Sure. Um, and in, in that I'm just happy when my clients are happy when, you know, yeah. they, they find the right place, they find their home. Um, and usually in the city, it's not their forever home. So, you know, when they do find their long-term city home, um, you know, that makes me happy. So those are my good transactions. So there's lots of them. <laughs> what about your bad one? My bad ones. Okay. Well, I do have a, I do have a list of bad ones. Um, probably the <laughs> most memorable <laughs> the most memorable, and I don't know if it was so bad, but it's, it's kind of funny, um, is I had a listing and it was a couple getting divorced and that's always very difficult. You know, real estate's emotional anyway sure. um, to begin with, um, but when you throw that into it, it makes it even more difficult. And so long story short, the, um, the house went under contract and the um, wife who was still living in the house decided to start selling things off because she was moving. So she was had a couple of whatever sales in the house. Um, 
And we go to do the walkthrough and we find out that the chandelier that was original to the house, because the house was built in the thirties, she sold. Oh my God. So there was a big to do about this, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, it closed, um, but you know, it was, there was a big argument at the closing table about this and, you know, a little bit of funds had to be shifted in that direction. Um, but then the buyer, who of course was not my buyer, but was the other agent's buyer calls me one day and he goes, you're not going to believe this. And I go, what? And he goes, I went to my friend's house for a dinner party. And he goes, I bought the chandelier from your house. Look, it's hanging in my dining room. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> no. Yes. So that was funny. I mean, it was a difficult, really difficult transaction to take place. But in the end, it was kind of funny that he actually knew the person who bought the chandelier. Small world. Was his friend willing to sell it to him? Uh, no. <laughs> He's like, fuck, <laughs> buddy. That's right. <laughs> so so there, there are a lot of interesting things that happen in real estate. Yeah, that's true. I've heard For lots sure. of interesting between you and John Irwin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Man, I don't think I could go to that friend's house and like not get mad every time. <laughs> yeah, Just knowing sure. that they, they bought it right out from underneath me. Exactly. <laughs> well, way to get that done though, still Jackie, because deals yeah. have fallen apart at the closing table for lesser reasons. Like that's, I mean, especially because it was original to the house. Like mm -hmm. that could have been a big selling feature to the buyer. Yeah. Oh. Maybe. Yeah, it was it was a challenging closing. It was a lot of in and out of the rooms when we could go to closings. Yeah, you know, we'd go out with the attorney, go talk, and then go back in the room. Then the other side would go out of the room. So, um, yeah. and that's changed too now. <laughs> so. Do you miss it? Do you miss going to closings, or has that changed? You know, has it been a positive change for you in your business? I think it's been a positive change, and I think it's probably a positive change for most people. Um, I don't know that there's a place for the realtors to be in the closing. I don't think there's a reason for it at that point. Um, so I think that's been a positive change. Um, you know, I, by the time it goes to the closing, I mean, if there's an issue, maybe there'd be a reason to go. But I think if there are no issues going to the, the closing table, I think there's no, no reason for a realtor to be sitting at the table too. Yeah. It's really focusing yeah. on the loan and loan documents at that point. So, yeah, we're kind of like cheerleaders. That's, yeah, we don't have anything left to do at that point. We should have hopefully yeah. done our job well up until that point. Exactly. Right. Although it. I will say, I was at one closing and I don't remember which title company it was, but they had a full spread of, it was an unfortunate closing. We, my client used a very large bank. It took us two full days. So I spent a lot of time at this closing oh, company. No. And the first day was the, the last day of June. And I guess the last day of the month, they bring in like all kinds of food. So there was like donuts in the morning. And then they had this whole lunch spread. And like, it was, I you were fed all, day. all day, all day. We just sat there and ate because we couldn't do anything else. The bank really messed up. So man. Yeah. I remember Good. one closing I was at that it was so busy. I think it was at Chicago title. It was so busy that they didn't have a closing room for us. So they put us in the kitchen. And so we're at the table at the kitchen and it was 
after hours. And so somebody went into the fridge and there were, there was beer in there and they go, Oh yeah, go ahead. Have a couple beers. <laughs> like, like, Oh my God. I love that. Oh, that'll make a closing go by a little bit easier. Mm-hmm, exactly. Especially if it's after hours. <laughs> right. The happy hour closing. Why is that not an option? That should be. Should You'd have more people buying houses even than there are today. Exactly. Just for the happy hour. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not mad about it. John's thinking about it. Yeah. Hmm. How do we sign a petition for that to be a thing? I don't know, John. We'll work on that. Okay. That's my next project. I love it. (laughs) Jackie, what is some advice you would give to someone first starting out in real estate today? Um, I think, I think it's just um, I think the, the best thing to do is reach out to people, you know, mm-hmm. I know it's, a, it seems like the hardest thing to do. Um, and if you're new to the area and you don't really know a lot of people, then by all means, you know, sit open houses, um, you know, try to find someone to work with in the office. That's an established agent, um, because they could be invaluable to you as well. Um, just in, terms of, you know, they might have referrals to give you or might want you to work on something uh, with them. Um, And I think that's like the best. um, I mean, I know we get a lot of training and that is why I went to Baird and Warner was because of the training, but um, hands-on training is the best. Yeah. Um, Seeing what happens in a transaction um, and how to handle it. um, Hands-on is the best way because you're never, you're never going to run across any of the stuff that we do in a textbook. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like or in a pre-licensing class. Yeah, no, you don't, you don't need any of that stuff. <laughs> well, you do need it as a basis, but um, stuff out wow. there that happens is, is wild sometimes. So yeah, yeah. wild <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> That's so true though. I know, you know, we, work with a lot of new agents and there is this anxiety about not knowing everything or like wanting to know everything before you get started. And just that constant reminder of get the foundations going, but you're never going to know everything. Like this is a job where you learn on the job while you're doing too. And, it, and that's why it just is important. As you mentioned in the beginning, Jackie, to have those people around you that can support you and help you when you do have those questions as they come up, because they will. They will. Yeah. I walk into David's office and go, you're not going to believe this. I've never heard of that before. So, and we all do that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the best part about being in the office is just hearing all the craziness. Mm -hmm. There's always craziness. Well, and sometimes somebody else might come up with your solution. If you bounce it off people, someone else might go, did you try this or how about this? So that's why it's important to be in the office. Amen. That's to someone coming in, make sure you're in the office as much as possible. Exactly. Because you'll learn a lot from being in the office. Mm-hmm. Make a little sponge. Totally just stuff up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you ready for the fun question? Uh-oh. I, I've changed <laughs> one because I used to ask if you'd rather be rich or famous. And everyone's like, I'd rather be rich. So it was a dumb question. So we're not going to ask that one. Okay. So the first question is, in a movie of your life, who would play you? Who would play me? Uh, Audrey Hepburn. 
Ooh. Oh, I love that for you. That's a good answer. That is a good one. Why, why she's so, po- she's so poised and classy. Yeah. And calm, but fun. And calm. Yeah. yeah. Who would play one. me in a movie of your life? If what? Who would play me in a movie of your life? Who would play you? <laughs> uh, Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. Ooh, look at that. <laughs> Who would play Nagini? I think that's a good one. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> that is a good one. I'm trying to figure out right now. I'm like staring at your screen here in the Zoom, like which Brad Pitt, because I feel like he's gone through so many transitions in his career. Like mm-hmm. which phase yeah. of Brad? Right now, are you? Maybe burn after like reading. He's the hottest, right? <laughs> <laughs> so not 12 okay. Monkeys, Brad? I don't, I don't, I've actually seen very little Brad Pitt movies. Maybe like oh. one ever. Well, now you're going to go watch them. Yeah, I guess I have to. I don't know why I haven't. I don't even know what he's in. Everything. Yeah. Google well, it. There you go. I'm curious what okay. this additional question is because I haven't heard this yet yeah. myself. This one's a genuine one and it is heartfelt. So just answer to the best of your ability. What was a moment that you can remember just feeling happy and fulfilled? One small moment. One small moment. Um, was. It doesn't even it have to be a big like. no, no, it was uh, actually Mother's Day this year. Oh, good. Like spending the whole day with, with Gabby was like wonderful. Yeah. What did you guys do? Um, she did spa day for me. So she did. Oh, so nice. <laughs> and then we went shopping. But it to me, it just, it, I had that moment of feeling like just, so happy that I you know that I'm so blessed to have two wonderful daughters so and to be able to have that time with her was was wonderful I know it seems sappy no that's that's perfect (laughs) but it was it was a really good day good day off yeah oh nice reminder of why you work so hard too I'm sure Exactly. Sure. And she appreciated it. But she also told me I was not allowed to touch my phone or go online on my computer. <laughs> there. Smart kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so great, Jackie. I'm glad you had a good Mother's Day. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was good. It was well, it, it was needed. <laughs> yeah. Not, John, that's I, a great uh, new question. I thought so. Thank you. I just texted both my moms on Mother's Day, and that's it. <laughs> I need to work on that. It's fine. I mean, what about a FaceTime at the very least? Oh, they didn't want one. Oh, well, that's their choice. Yeah. Well, reached out to them. That's good. That's I only talked I to Amanda for a few minutes, so. There you go. That makes me so feel you <laughs> <laughs> well that's nice you got to spend some time with gabby and then you got to talk to man you got to talk to, to both her girls that's really great yeah exactly oh good deal 
Well, Jackie, thank you so much for joining us today and chatting with us and sharing your wisdom. For anybody who would like to reach out to you, whether it's another agent or a client, where can they find you? They can find me um, on my email. Do I have to say what that is? We can put it into the show notes for you. Okay. Okay. Perfect. They can email me. They can text me, call me, um, Facebook, Instagram, wherever they want to find me. What's your Instagram handle? Um, Jackie Lafferty. I think it's just Jackie Lafferty. I think it is too. I think it is too. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll post all of Jackie's contact information into the show notes for this episode. So you can reach out to her. And while you are checking out those show notes, you can review, rate, and subscribe. Give John all the stars. Um, Jackie, thank you so much. This was really, really a nice treat. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jackie. You're the best. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>